Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Hey, in Northwest Houston, how are you today? Hi, Jim. Happy Halloween. You as well. I have two questions about flooring. Um, our house is a little over 40 years old, and upstairs we want to pull up the very old carpet. Now, I'm telling you, it is old and crispy and horrible. And um, we have a tongue and groove subfloor, and quite a few people in the area have been refinishing that. And I wanted to find out what you thought of that process, and then I have a second question. If that floor is in good shape, refinish it. It'll look gorgeous. I, I really like those old tongue and groove wood floors like that. Okay, good. Well, my second question is, downstairs, um, we also have some old icky carpet that I want to pull up in, like, a powder room and laundry room and hall. And um, I was thinking, uh, if it's possible, I'd like to just uh, refinish the concrete slab there and have it stained. Is that a doable thing? It'll depend on what kind of condition the concrete is in. Uh, the answer, short answer is yes, it is a doable thing. Um and here's what I like on them is when they grind it down and get to where the rocks are showing. Oh, yeah. It really looks nice. And then you can either put a clear coat over it where it's got a nice gloss and is easy to keep clean and take care of. Or you can add color that really makes those stones pop. So, yes, it it is very doable. So normal concrete slab has those rocks if you get down yep. far enough? Because I've seen that done and it's just fabulous. Oh, that all concrete has rocks in it. Uh, that that's a main part of the concrete mix. Gene, you doing all right today? Yeah, I'm doing just fine, thank you. How can I help you? I my house. Uh, we paid a, a company to lay out the foundation on our land mm-hmm. and compact it, and then they said that. I needed to add more dirt to their engineering plan, and I disagreed with them there, but I did it. Uh, now it's it comes up to that ten year warranty, and we had a guy out that is I think with FHA or something, and uh, these cracks are big enough that you could stick your hand through. And he's saying, well, I'm not sure that that's severe enough that we're, it will be covered. Is there a, he said, we've got to check what? and see. Yeah. And, and, the, and it, the crack in the wall or, or the foundation that big? The crack in the walls. Okay. Uh, we can't see the foundation. Uh, we can just see the effects of the, of sure. the foundation. Any, and, uh, any doors uh, not working? Yep, we've got uh, doors that uh, that are impossible to lock. We've been changing the, uh, uh, the the locking mechanism up and down, chasing this problem for ten years. Yeah, you, and, you, and the the person they sent works for the contractor, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. You need to get your own. Okay, all right. Because and, here's the, here's the rule of thumb on that. Uh, first of all, yes, you're, you're correct. It's covered for 10 years. And the minute you have a front door, a back door, any door that goes outside that sticks like that, that becomes a safety risk because it's an egress. And that 
instantly throws it into a different category. But when you can put your hand into the crack, you've got enough movement. You are well going to be within the tolerances. Quite frankly, what they're trying to do is delay you to hit that 10 years, and then they're going to say, I'm sorry, you're outside the 10-year warranty. Well, I've I've outsmarted them there. I've sent them registered letters. There you go. Uh, uh, so that I can prove that I, I did bring it to their attention before the 10 years was up. Okay. So here's some All engineers right. you can call. Obviously, you can call Deaver's Engineering, uh, but you're going to need an attorney also who does a lot of court cases. There's an engineering firm called Boyd Engineering, and he specializes in these foundation cases like this and going to court. And that's, I think you're going to need the combination of these two guys, and so that'll, that'll get you headed down the right road. James, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm doing okay. Uh, my question is, uh, my foundation, my house was built in 1965, and unfortunately, the foundation I found is uh, shellcrete. And uh, but the thing that that bothers me is um, the foundation seems to sweat quite a bit, uh, especially on a on our we have a covered patio. Uh-huh. Uh, spring and uh, and for sure in like in the summer i mean it sweats a lot it's wet and yeah. uh so uh and, and, and i think the interior does also but we well the interior shouldn't be sweating like that i mean what causes the sweating is is the temperature differential uh it'll happen real common when we go from uh warm to cold or cold to warm and the thing you got to remember yep. about outside patios, a lot of times garages, places like that, do not have any vapor barrier under them at all. In 1965, we weren't putting vapor barriers to keep water from coming through the concrete. We were only putting it so that the concrete didn't dry out as fast uh, because the soil wouldn't be pulling the moisture out of the concrete when you poured it. Uh, but is First thing I would tell you, though, is if you think you're getting some moisture inside, don't ever put a glue-down wood floor in there. Keep it carpet. Okay. Because the air conditioner okay. will take care of keeping the the moisture down. Uh, if you try to put down a glue-down wood floor, you're going to start getting moisture trapped, and, and that's where people call all the time, oh, my wood floors are buckling. What can I do? Quit putting in glue-down wood floors. Put in a floating okay. if yeah, you want, well. but not a glue-down. Okay, yeah, because uh, I have a one of those little things that you put down uh, uh, that you roll the desk chair over when the plastic. Yeah. Uh, oh, and you, you build up moisture and, under uh, it. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I, that that tells you right there. Don't ever put a glue down floor in there. Okay. All right. The uh, and, the other thing I will tell you is it, it's not because of the shellcrete. Now the shellcrete that you have, it's it is weaker than normal concrete. And what has happened over the years is the, the minerals that are in the shellcrete versus regular concrete, yes, it does eat away at some of the reinforcing and things like that. But honestly, in general, it hasn't been a huge problem. Uh, it does become a little bit of a problem when you have to do foundation repair because they're a little more brittle. But other than that, they, they, they're doing okay. Okay, yeah, well, when I'm had moved here a company had come in before when we bought the house and they said that they put 40 piers all the way around to stabilize and everything i think they might have had a little uh, some 
a foundation issue, but they put 40 piers all the way around the house, too, and they stabilized it. And I don't think I'm having a problem with the foundation or anything Good. as far as cracks or anything like that. Yeah. But the thing that does concern me is the um, is the is the sweating, and especially on the patio. I guess yeah. there's nothing I can do about that. No, not on uh, a, not on an outside concrete like that. That's just uh, that's going to happen. Okay. All right. Well, that, that's some bad news, but that tells me what I need to know. Just a reminder: it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Yeah, if you're if you're building out in in the uh, country, uh, as an example, you, you hear me talk about the deer lease all the time, and we've got a couple places there. One we call the bunkhouse, which is where all the hunters and stuff stay, and then we got the little house. The little house is my parents' house, and Dad's wanting to add a room onto the little house. It's a two-bedroom right now, but he wants to have a little wing sticking out that he can go sit in and watch the animals and the deer and, you know, all the different things uh, without having to even get out of the house. And so looking at adding that on and no codes. I mean, you're out in the country. You you uh, build it the way you want. And so this brings up the other part of this. If you are buying something out in the country, it is buyer beware. Get your inspections and have it checked out. And honestly, just because an inspector says, oh, uh, hey, this, this window has a crack in it, doesn't mean it's got to be fixed. All they're doing is making you aware of it. So just, uh, just a quick FYI, nothing wrong with buying a place out in the country, nothing wrong with buying something that doesn't meet current code. If the house was built a year ago, it probably doesn't meet current code because the code is always changing. And don't let that sway you from getting a home. My cast iron sewer pipe on a 1977 home is failing. What's your opinion on the epoxy liner repair? What about a reroute around the outside of the house? Well, if your sewer pipes are failing under the middle of the home, I would not recommend using the epoxy liner. The epoxy liner is fine for straight runs, but where you've got elbows and T's and uh, Y's and things like that, no, not not so good. Uh, so typically in the in that situation, like if you got a yard line that's a straight run, the epoxy is fine if you want to try it. But again, any place where you got to tee something into it or, or anything, the, the, that epoxy liner is not going to make that corner. It doesn't do it, and there's not a way to go in. So what they typically have to do is still jackhammer and, and dig up and get to where those joints are in order to properly fix it. So if you're going through all that, then you might as well look at doing a reroute or replacement. And what's the difference between a reroute and replace? When you replace, you're following the pipe with tunnels and putting the plumbing basically back where it was. On a reroute, what you're doing is, especially this, and that works. This works extremely well if, like, bathrooms are on outside walls and your kitchen is on an outside wall. You do what's called a through wall. The pipe comes out drops down into the ground, and then you literally reroute all the sewer lines around the perimeter 
of the house. Uh, works very well. Now, if you got a bathroom in the middle of the house, you're still going to have to do some tunneling to get up underneath there in order to fix that. But yeah, my given what you just sent me as an email, I would tell you to take a look at a reroute. And obviously, if you're having a sewer issue, you know, I talked about Due West Foundation Repair a second ago. I'd like you to call my plumbing company, Due West Total Plumbing. Uh, you know, one of the advantages of dealing with Due West on plumbing, uh, under slab plumbing like this, is we understand how that can affect your foundation as well. Most foundation problems are caused by moisture issues. Soil gets wet, it expands. It gets too wet, oversaturates, loses its ability to hold the structure and can drop. Uh, if you got a, a sewer leak, that's what can happen over time. And we're not talking days or, or weeks. We're talking months and years, but it does happen that way over time. So my personal preference in this situation would be the reroute. John, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Well, thank you. I have a problem. Maybe you can help me with this. Okay. Uh, starting about, about a month ago, um, we heard some noise in the attic, and it's it's highly intermittent. And uh, on one of the mornings early, like 6 in the morning, we saw some raccoons outside the house. And that's uncommon for here in a standard suburban location. Right. Uh, I had a pest guy over here yesterday. He set out a trap, so far nothing. Uh, but he did find an entrance point uh, where one of the pieces of the soffit is either missing, never installed, or they bent it back and got in there that way. Mm-hmm. And I, I made a comment to him that I better get up there this weekend and plug that hole. And he said, why don't you wait until we see if we can trap one or two of them? Otherwise, you might have them digging through or eating through your uh, sheetrock yes. from the attic. Yep. So what's your opinion on that? I agree with him, uh, because if you close okay. it up and they're up in the attic, they're going to be mm-hmm. looking for a way to get out. Yeah. And how long would, if you had a uh, roughly six-inch square hole up in one of your sockets, how long would you wait for yours before you sealed it up? Oh, man. You asking me or you going to want to ask my wife that question because you're going to get two different answers. <laughs> Unless she does the same thing you do, I'll just ask you. Okay. Uh, personally, I don't lose a whole lot of sleep over it, to be honest with you. Um, I know a lot of people, they want to seal the house so nothing can go in at all. Uh, yep. I I would have a hole like that and not even think twice about it if it was there for six months, to be honest with you. Uh, now, should it be sealed up? Absolutely. And especially if you start hearing critters like you are going in and out of it, you want to get it sealed up. But he's 100% right. Try to capture them first because otherwise you'll seal them inside. Uh, and you really don't want to do that. So I'd probably give him about a week or so. Uh, and then if he's not capturing anymore, seal it up. Jim in Dallas, how can I help you? Uh, hey, Jim. Appreciate you taking my call. My pleasure. I am looking at, yeah, I'm looking at buying a storage container, one of these that they use for intermodal transportation, and using it for a, a storage shed. And okay. I'm wondering if I need to put put footers underneath it. Um, do I need to put that on a slab, or can I just lay it on the ground? Well, you you don't want to just lay it on the ground. Uh, you would put blocks under it to keep it up off the ground. 
Uh, the nice thing about those, and I've got several of them that I use for storage containers, uh, is you don't have to put a lot of blocks because they're designed to span, you know, from where those little squares are where they latch onto the trailers. Yeah. And so, I mean, you don't have to put a whole lot of support under them. Uh, the other, the only thing that I will caution you on, and the reason you don't want to put it on the ground is it'll rust, and you don't you don't want it doing that. Uh, and it, it'll rot the wood floor if you put it straight down on the ground as well. The only thing I'm going to caution you on is watch the roof on them. Uh, over time, they tend to start leaking, and you do have to do some right. maintenance on the roofs of them. But other than that, they work out really good for a storage container. Okay, great. Well, now I do appreciate that, and uh, thanks so much. Enjoy your show. You bet. Thank you, sir. Let me tell you, retaining walls, I, I gave a talk to a group of engineers uh, two weeks ago. And with, with, with retaining walls, I told them the key thing, and this is something that's missed all the time and it drives me nuts, is the drainage behind the wall. Nothing tears up a wall faster than water. I say that about structures all the time. Well, retaining walls are the same way. you got to have good drainage behind them. And so whether I'm doing just a two-foot retaining wall or, like I said, a 60-foot retaining wall, I put drainage that goes all the way up. So any ground moisture that hits behind that wall gets into that gravel, runs down to a perforated pipe, a regular French drain system, and drains out. I don't just poke holes with pipes through the wall and hope that you know the water gets into that two foot of gravel you got in the back and drains out. You got to put in a real drainage system to make those walls last. So just a little side note of information there. Paul, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Yeah, Jim, how are you doing? Wonderful. Uh, good. I had a, I have a question similar to what your previous caller just had. Um, we bought a new home up here and it's about a 27, almost 2,800 square feet. And the builders decided to put a four-ton unit in there, uh, just one unit, four-ton, for both the upstairs and downstairs. It's a two-story home. And it's doing it's doing the same thing as your previous caller. It is just not cooling upstairs. It's about three or four degrees hotter upstairs than it is downstairs. Okay. And I'm tempted to call the builder and find out what you know they can do. I think they way undersize that unit because it's only a four-ton unit for a 2750, I think, the big exact square foot home. And, and, and is this a, a new home or is this an older home? It's a, it's a new home. It is a new home. Okay. Well, if the new home was built energy efficient enough, uh, four ton may be enough size. It sounds like it would just need some balancing because if the downstairs is staying comfortable and there's only like a three or four degree difference for upstairs, uh, uh-huh. you can a lot of times balance the system where you push a little more air upstairs and that balances it out where you get a, a more even temperature. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you this, though. My neighbor had the same problem, and his uh-huh. home is similar to mine. Yeah. And uh, he called the builder because they, we have a two-year warranty on the HVAC system right. in these homes. And they put a zoning system into his home yep. because he, you know, he kept complaining. And I'm just wondering if I kept complaining. I guess I could probably get one, too. And would that Pro- help? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. That would definitely help because then you, you're basically controlling the upstairs and downstairs separate. And so, yes, that well, would definitely help. And, and, so he said, 
And you are correct. Builders are notorious for undersizing the AC units because they, yeah. they ask the AC. I won't, I don't typically, well, let me put it this way. I won't do track home new construction custom. We do all the time, but track home, I won't do it because they undersize it and they just, they're just looking for somebody who will come in and just slap them in. And that's not a quality job. And, and uh, that's yeah. kind of what your neighbor found out. And that's why they're going with the zoning now, because that will make a huge yeah. difference on well, the- the builder, the builder came back in, and like I say, it was less than two years old, and he put a zoning unit in there without There you talk, go. So, yep, you know, yeah. Uh, I would definitely see if you can do that as well. Matt, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hi, Jim. I have two quick questions. Uh, one, and uh, when it cools off in the fall and the winter when we flush the toilet, the vent pipe sounds like a, uh, a ship horn going off. Is there any way to clean that? Yes. Yeah, the, the, uh, you can... <laughs> Well, like one guy said earlier, you can run a water hose down through there. They can run the snakes down through there. Uh, you know, it could be that something got in there and built a nest or who knows. But, yes, they can be cleaned out. Okay. And uh, the next question, when we bought this house, the uh, inspector was talking to my wife about, we were talking about building a greenhouse up to the house on the side of the house. And my wife said that if he told him if we built it right up against the house that – um, it would rot the boards and then insects would get inside. Um, what's your opinion on that? Well, uh, I don't know why it would because the walls are built to withstand harsh weather outside. So, no, I personally wouldn't worry about it. Now, your soffits and things like that, yeah, I guess they could get a little bit wear and tear. But if you keep them painted and stuff, shouldn't be anything mm-hmm. to worry about. Well, it's covered in concrete board, so I figured if we oh, just built right Oh, absolutely. Don't, it, don't even think twice about it. You're fine. <clears throat> okay, I appreciate it. You bet. You take care. And this is HVAC and foam house. Is a dehumidifier needed for a foam house? Well, uh, understand that your air conditioning system is a dehumidifier. So in general, the answer is no. Now, in special circumstances, yes, you sometimes do have to have an added-on dehumidifier. And it doesn't matter if it's a foam house or a regular insulated house. Uh, but what really you got to watch is that the AC system is sized properly so it cycles on and off enough. That's what dehumidifies the air. You know, a lot of times people think, okay... Um, uh, the house needs a four-ton air conditioner. I'm going to put a five-ton so I can really cool that house down. The problem with that theory is, granted, it'll cool the house down, but it doesn't run long enough to dehumidify the air. And so in a situation like that, yeah, you'd have to add a dehumidifier that runs all the time. And, you know, you think you're saving money, but at that point you're not. You, you need to make sure to size the AC unit properly to where you don't have to worry about it. The other thing is, with a foam house, you're going to be bringing fresh air in from outside. And so that needs to suck through the AC system as well so that that air is cleaned and dehumidified and, and all that stuff. And again, your air conditioner, that's really what they are. You know, they're, they're not called... Uh, air cooling systems are called air conditioners because not only are they cooling the air or 
technically removing the heat. Uh, but what they're also doing is taking the moisture out of the air. And that's what actually makes you more comfortable in the home. Jesse, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I've got a question. I hung a, a, a heavy wooden door with them angel wing glass insets in it. Uh -huh. uh, I hung it on my residential uh, property, but uh, the door, I used the same door jam that was there before. And uh, the little holes, the two little holes in the door jam where the uh, deadbolt goes and the regular key thing goes, the regular yeah. lock goes. And they're they're pretty well caved out and worn in, I mean, worn out. And I can't get, you know, the, the screws to hold real good. And I've tried using the longer, you know, two and three inch screws, uh, but they still seem to have a little problem, you know, getting a grip and, and sure. holding the lock kind of in place. Is there some way short of replacing the door, the entire door jam to 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 fix that? And I've tried the little wood filler and all that. Yeah, what what did you use for wood filler? Just the putty type stuff? Yeah, the putty type stuff. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a trick that that'll work. Get you some wooden toothpicks. Yeah. And and start hammering them into that hole just like a nail. Yeah. And it'll fill that hole up and you can stick a screw in there and it'll hold as as any piece of Wood into okay. a, with a screw ever did. Okay, so just uh, put the the toothpicks in there in that cavity. Yep. And drive yeah. them in a little bit, and that and should work. Yeah, typically what I'll do is just take uh, you know the round type toothpicks. I'll break them in half, and yeah. so that way each toothpick gives me two in there. And for most screw holes, you're probably looking at you know sticking anywhere from three to six pieces in there to uh, tighten it up where you, when you put your screw in, it's all nice and tight. Well, that, that's just it, though. The, the little holes are not there anymore. It's just all caved out. There's nothing uh, there. Well, if that's the case, then no, you're going to have to just replace the jam. Just replace the door jam. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you kindly for the insight, and I'll, uh, all right. I'll see where I go from here. Thanks again. Okay. okay. Jesse, you take all care. Right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, well, you know, once once the wood's gone, you you can fill if there's a hole with wood putties and stuff like that, but it's not structural to put the screws into, and that's where you'll run into a, an issue. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.